What if I told you that there are things you can do today that aren't supplements, don't require dietary changes, therapy, life coaching, or anything else, but know-how, a little bit of practice, and the desire to make it happen? These things that I'm going to share can help you rise above depression and anxiety beginning as soon as this show is over. That's the topic on Vitality Radio. Tomorrow we'll talk about supplements for these issues, but today it's all about tools you can learn and use today that don't cost you a dime. If you love this kind of stuff, join my listener community on Facebook. The link is in the description below. Also, as always, if you have any questions about today's episode or just about anything else, call us at Vitality Nutrition or check us out on VitalityNutrition.com. Okay, so anxiety and depression are two sides of the same coin. We tend to feel anxiety when we focus too far into the future. What ifs, such as, what if they don't like me? What if I don't get it right? What if I fail? And we tend to feel depressed when we focus too much in the rearview mirror. What has happened has happened, and yet many of us find ourselves second-guessing. I should have done it this way. They treated me that way. It didn't work out like I had hoped. The problem is that we can very easily get caught in a vicious cycle where we find ourselves focusing on the future and expecting it to turn out badly because that's how it happened in the past. Then we start to program our own subconscious mind to expect failure in the future. And more often than not, we find failure or whatever it was that we expected. You know, the old faithful, self-fulfilling prophecy. When we feel anxiety or depression, we are living in the side of the autonomic nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system. This is where you feel fight or flight urges. Or today, I see, I think more than anything else, the urge to freeze. For me, I don't often feel the fight or the flight. I very often feel the freeze. You know, if I'm not sure how it's going to turn out, or it seems overwhelming, or it didn't go well the last time I tried it, then just procrastinate it. Don't do it at all. Regardless, when I feel the urge to freeze, I know I'm spending time in the side of the autonomic nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system. The other side of the autonomic nervous system is called the parasympathetic nervous system. This is where we rest and digest, but not just digest our food, which I talk a lot about on Vitality Radio, but also when we're in this side of the, of the sympathetic nervous, sorry, of the autonomic nervous system, known as the parasympathetic, we can also digest more clearly our surroundings, our thoughts, and our feelings, because we aren't experiencing stress and anxiety, so we're able to see a bigger and definitely a more clear picture of what's really happening. Looking too far ahead or dwelling in the past comes with major consequences for one significant reason, and that is because we cannot control either the future or the past. Sure, we can have influence on the future, but we have zero influence in the past and we have no control over either one. This all comes at the expense, a very costly one, of losing what is now. Presence is critical to a healthy emotional life. 
but you have heard that before, and maybe you've struggled to find presence, to become present. You know, years ago, I started hearing all kinds of stuff about meditation, and I tried meditation, and my brain, while not an ADHD brain, because I don't necessarily believe that brain exists, is definitely a brain that uh, sees a lot of squirrels, we'll say, okay? I am wired that way, and if you want to hear more about ADHD, you can check out uh, my episode I did just a few episodes ago on that. But my brain is all over the place, just kind of naturally. I've got a lot of thoughts kicking in there. I have a lot of ideas and just all kinds of things bouncing around in this head of mine. That's not really a bad thing, so long as I'm able to focus in when I need to and get stuff done, like this show. And for me, it probably takes a little longer to get this show done than others might get it done in because of the way that my brain is wired. But when it's all said and done, I hope I've put together a show that you enjoy listening to. And that requires me to not get overwhelmed, to not think too much about how people are going to feel about the show that I deliver, and certainly not to think back on shows that I've done that hmm, I am not that happy about. That does me no good with today's show. So while, like I said, we can have influence on the future, but we have no control, and, well, the past is the past. So if we lose the now and we can't get present, then we end up spending time usually in just anxiety, looking too far in the future, or depression, looking too far in the past. But meditation, for me, it didn't work that well. It still doesn't work that well. Now, if you are good at meditating, if you enjoy it, and you have figured out how to do it, do it. It is awesome. It's an amazing way to get present. But I'm here to share a couple of things that take very, very little time, that are very effective, at doing what meditation does, calming the mind so you can get back to the present moment and actually digest the information surrounding you so that you can feel calm and peaceful as you make the decisions that you need to make to handle the stress that is inevitable in life. The first thing is to listen to your own emotions. If you feel anxious, you can ask yourself a question that I absolutely love that I learned by Byron Katie. Her book is called Loving What Is. Now, think about your life. Do you love your life? Do you love what is in your life? Odds are you love certain aspects of your life and other aspects, not too much. But what I love about the book by Byron Katie is that you can learn to love even the stuff you don't currently love and you can learn to learn from those things. So the question is this. When you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling depressed, ask yourself this question. Whose business are you in? According to Katie, there are three people's business that you can be in. God's business, or you could call it the universe's business. In other words, things that are totally out of your control. You know, stuff what... Uh, you know, the weather, what's happening in government, uh, maybe things that are you know way above you at work that you have no control over, those types of things. 
Another business that often we find ourselves in is somebody else's business. You know, how is that person behaving that is impacting me? And then the third business that you could potentially be in and that I would dare say you're almost never in when you're feeling these emotions of anxiety and depression is your own business. You know, we've often been told to mind our own business. Well, there's a reason for that. We can't mind anybody else's. We have no control over other people's business. Again, like the future, we can have some influence, certainly with our spouse, with our loved ones, our children, coworkers, things like that. We can have influence, but we don't have control. They still have their freedom to do what they're going to do. And oftentimes, unfortunately for all of us, what they do doesn't jive with what we would like to like to have had them do, right? But that's the thing. If you can't control it, then there's no point in stressing about it. You can only do what you can do. So the first question is, whose business are you in? And really get curious with yourself. Look at that question very seriously. Is what you're focused on something that's happening in politics in the world? Is it not being able to get your cement poured because it's raining too much or your lawn's turning too yellow because it's not raining enough or whatever other big thing that's happening that you have literally zero control over? Or is it how your spouse is behaving or one of your children or a coworker, brother or sister, a loved one, maybe someone you don't like that much that drives you crazy? Guess what? They have not the power within them to drive you crazy, but you do have the power to prevent it from happening. So ask yourself whose business you're in. Once you've done that, then you have some control. Because if you place yourself back in your business, what can I do? How can I behave? How can I respond to this individual? or this event, then you have power. Remember that, it's very, very important. So again, if you're feeling anxiety, you're feeling depression, ask yourself whose business you're in. That's one very powerful tool. If you aren't in your business, get back in your business, and then you will start to find answers. Now, there are two really good ways to really solidify this and get yourself back in your business and get yourself to the side of the nervous system that allows you to rest and digest. Two, there are many ways, but and meditation is one of them, I mentioned that, but two that I've found I really, really like, that are very, very powerful, and that frankly, anybody can do, even if you've got a brain like mine, okay? The first one is breath work. Now, I've learned a lot about breathwork from my dear friend, Michelle, who is uh, one of our coaches at Vitality Nutrition for what we call emotional vitality. We do workshops where we talk about all of these things. And at the end of today's show, I'll tell you a little bit about those workshops if you're interested in learning about them. But in the meantime, let me just tell you a couple of things I've learned about breathwork. First off, this is an ancient practice that is over the last I don't know, maybe it's been 20 or 30 years now, they've been studying it and finding, oh my gosh, this really works, like scientifically proven really works. Breathwork can reduce your cortisol levels, 
can increase all kinds of neurotransmitters that feel good, can actually energize you as well as relax you. And it's a little tough on a podcast where we're just doing audio to really explain these, but I'm going to share my first and most favorite breath. And there are three names that I know that people use for this. Michelle calls it the straw breath or the emergency breath. A guy named Andrew Huberman, and if you haven't checked out Huberman Lab, the podcast, it's fantastic. Uh, He calls it the physiological sigh. And he calls it the physiological sigh because it is actually something that is physiologically built within all of us. You already know how to do this. I'm just going to teach you how to do it consciously instead of subconsciously. So if you've had a child or a grandchild, or if you've been a child, which qualifies all of us, you'll have seen this before, and even in your own behavior. When you're screaming and crying and sad, and things are really, really difficult, or when your child runs in the room with a skinned knee and needs some love and a Band-Aid, you've seen this happen. Once you start to calm down and finally get out of hysteria, which again is fight or flight mode, then you do this. Yes, you breathe with two quick breaths in through the nose. Naturally, we do this. And then a long breath out, usually through the mouth. Michelle calls it the straw breath because you can f- you can think of yourself breathing out through a long straw, that long breath out. We know from the neuroscience that's been done that it only takes a few of these to take us from one side of the autonomic nervous system to the other, from sympathetic to parasympathetic, from fight, flight, or freeze to rest and digest. And that is powerful. And it's so incredibly simple. You can do it when you're cut off on the freeway. You can do it before you choose to yell at your child for whatever mess they made or didn't clean up or hit their sister. Or, you know, if you're a parent, there's a lot of different things that can set you off when it comes to your kid. And that's natural. And yet when it happens, how do we usually feel after we react instead of responding? Well, once we get out of fight or flight with that quick emergency breath, then we can respond to the situation rather than react to the situation. And that is powerful. Now, I encourage you to just experiment with this. And if you do have children at home, or if you're a grandmother or grandfather listening, or if you've got a significant other, teach this to them. It is such a beautiful thing, and it is so powerful, and every one of us has it built in. We already know how to do it. So that's one thing you can do. Another thing that I recently learned from a friend of mine, a friend who I've known for, well, all of my life. He grew up two doors down from me, And we've kind of recently reconnected over the last few years, and especially over the last month or so. Now, this friend has been through a lot of addiction issues in his life, and he's been through multiple different recovery programs, including AA. 
But he told me that at one of the uh, places where he was learning how to recover from addiction, they taught him this. And I thought it was really simple and really beautiful. And I have not personally used it myself, but he said it's helped him a lot and it makes perfect sense. Focus on something beautiful and describe it to yourself. Now, optimally, this is something within your eyes view. Maybe it's a picture of someone you love. Uh, maybe it's a tree outside your window. In fact, I would say if it's in nature, if you find peace in nature, which I would say the majority of us do, step outside, take your socks and shoes off and stand in the dirt or the grass and find something beautiful outside. Maybe it's a rose bush. Maybe it's a tree. Uh, it could be just about anything. And the reason I say beautiful, uh, the clouds in the sky, is because that in and of itself brings a level of peace. But you can do this with an inanimate object like a table lamp or a Bluetooth speaker. It can be done with anything. I just added the twist of something beautiful because I think that reminds us of the beauty we have in our life. So find it and describe it. Right now on my desk, I'm looking at an owl. An owl that was given to me uh, by someone that I love. I've received a lot of owls over the years because uh, I guess it's my spirit animal. But I love owls because for me, they, uh, they, are, they, they conjure up the word wisdom for me. And wisdom is something that I always want to be in the pursuit of. So I'm looking at this owl. It's a very, very beautiful owl. It was uh, imported, <clears throat> and uh, I, I think from Mexico, if I remember correctly. But I have one here also from Peru. In fact, I know one's from Mexico and one's from Peru, and they don't look anything alike, and they're both beautiful. I'm going to go ahead and choose the one that uh, is from Mexico because it might be a little easier to describe. So it's uh, kind of a tan color with dark brown uh, worked into the feathers of the owl. It's a squat little owl with a big head like they have and two bright red eyes. And his face is so wise and so beautiful. And he's got these big feet that keep him grounded on the branches of these trees. When I look at the back of him, he has tail feathers that are that uh, that beige color with the brown worked in, and you can see the backs, the tips of his wings tucked behind his back. Now, as I did that, I lost focus on what I was previously talking about, which is a dangerous thing to do on a podcast. <laughs> and that was impromptu. I didn't expect to do it, but now I have to remember where I was. And that's the whole point. As I described that owl, this owl that was given to me by my son, Bridger, who loves me, who brought it back from me, hand-carved from Mexico. And then I looked at the other owl that was brought to me by someone else who loves me, Jen, my sweet Jen. And it was hand-carved in Peru. And this is a pure white owl with little black eyes. As I described those to myself, in this case, I consider them beautiful. They were given to me by people I love, which reminds me that I am loved. And it took me out of my thought process that I was already in. And in doing that, I left the sympathetic nervous system and moved to the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, this was an example. I wasn't in the sympathetic nervous system. I rarely feel stressed delivering this show anymore. I did in the early days. But you get the picture. 
as you focus on that thing, and it doesn't have to be the same thing every time, or it can be exactly the same thing every time. And you can do it in your mind's eye as well, but I personally find that if I can see it, it works even better. On my desk, I have a picture of my two little children uh, in a, a mine that we visited uh, in Germany. I have a picture of my lovely mother as a young girl um, holding a, a thermometer, and I have a, a picture of my father uh, holding my oldest son in his arms. And I have these on my desk because they do remind me why I do what I do, where I came from, and what I hope to leave behind. And those things also help me to feel calm and at peace and lose my overwhelm. Do you see how that works? No meditation needed. No humming or oming or any of that stuff, which, hey, do it. That's awesome. If it works for you, it works for you. But these are tools that you have at your disposal right now that I will tell you, scientifically, we know work better than SSRIs for depression. Because if you didn't listen to episode 248, you didn't hear me talking about SSRIs, but we have all the evidence we need that Prozac and Zoloft and all those mostly work on placebo effect and do very little else. What I just shared, we know actually clinically works. So once you've done that, You've asked yourself the question, whose business am I in? You've done some breath work, or you've focused on something beautiful and described it to yourself. Ask yourself then, do I feel calm? Has my heart rate slowed? Am I feeling more peaceful? If you are, then you have achieved presence. Congratulations. Now you're in the moment. You're no longer in the future. You're no longer in the past. You are in the present moment, and you are able to digest the information you have in front of you or dig into new information that will help you respond to the stressor that got you into the sympathetic nervous system. So in the parasympathetic side of the autonomic nervous system, you can indeed see the big picture, and you can think through things without fear. But perhaps this is the most important part of the work. Once you get to the present and you feel calm, it is very easy to slip right back into anxiety or depression or overwhelm. So what do you do next? This is where I personally start working on my own brain to give me what I want. And I do this through the reticular activating system. Now, I'm going to give a brief description of the reticular activating system on today's show, but in episode 217, I gave a much more detailed one. And so check out the second half of episode 217 if you want to learn more about the reticular activating system, the part of our brain that is the ultimate filter, and it is powerful and beautiful. I'm going to refer to it from here on out as the RAS, the Reticular Activating System. So first, what is the RAS? Don't tell me or anyone that you are depressed. Not because it's a secret. In fact, if you need help or you're in danger of self-harm, for instance, then absolutely go talk to somebody. But don't lead with, I'm depressed. Why? Because I am words matter. 
And let me explain why I am words matter, or I am statements matter so much. The reticular activating system is a system in the brain that is a filter. We get thousands and thousands, it's actually millions, of little bits of information every single second that we're alive. Some days more than others, some moments more than others, right? There are calmer times when there's less information filtering in, but there are still way more than we can focus on. Look around the room that you're in, and you can see thousands of little things that you could focus on, and you can't focus on all of them at once, which is the beauty of the example I gave with the owl. I could only focus on that one thing and talking about it at once, and that was pretty much it. I didn't have a bunch of other resources around in order to focus on a bunch of other things while I described that owl to you. And that's the beauty of the reticular activating system. The thing about it is you're programming it one way or the other, no matter what, all the time. Because it's programmed based on what you focus on, what you tell yourself, what you tell others, and what you write down. That's how we program our reticular activating system. So with all these bits of information that are flowing through and into the brain, the reticular activating system has to filter and put a whole bunch of them into the subconscious mind and just leave out a handful for the conscious mind. About 50 to 80, it seems, based on most of the neuroscience that I've read, 50 to 80 little bits of millions and millions of bits of information that we can actually focus on. The reticular activating system is why when you buy a car, you notice that same car everywhere you look, but you didn't know that thousands of people had that same car until you bought that car because you had to put a lot of focus into making the decision to buy a car. And so now you notice that car everywhere you go because your reticular activating system is indeed designed to be one of your best friends, but can also be one of your worst enemies. And yet it's not the reticular activating system. It just does what it does based on what you ask it to do. So if you're focused on how depressed you are and you're telling everybody, I'm depressed, I'm sad, this sucks, my life is hard, Whatever it is that's coming out of your, your mouth, oftentimes this is negative self-talk, like I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, whatever it is, then yeah, your reticular activating system will actually start helping you find examples of how you are right, the same way as it helps you find other cars just like the one that you were just focused on when you bought it. But if you're telling yourself, I am happy, I am content, life is good, I love my significant other, I love my children, they don't drive me crazy instead of my children drive me crazy. If you're willing to just reprogram your reticular activating system simply by changing your I am statements, that in and of itself is a major victory. Now, I am a sarcastic son of a gun. <laughs> that is a fact. Anybody that knows me knows that I love to laugh and I love to make people laugh. And I do that often through self-deprecation. I also, though, have learned recently 
over the last several years, as I've learned about the reticular activating system, that I can do it a little differently. Now, sometimes it comes off, if somebody doesn't know me, I might sound arrogant. I hope I'm not actually arrogant. I like to think that I'm a relatively humble human being. But I now, more often than not, instead of pick on myself and talk about, you know, my deficiencies, if you want to call them that, I'll talk about how much everybody loves me, about how popular my podcast has become, about how wonderful my customers are and how much they appreciate me, even though they are giving me their money. And I feel like I should be the one appreciating them. And I make jokes about how popular I am, how funny I am, how smart I am, all of these things in a very sarcastic way, because sarcasm, I don't know how to get rid of it. It's built into me just like the physiological sigh. But now I'm building myself up with my humor instead of tearing myself down. Now, just like a little bit of junk food won't give you cancer, a little bit of negative self-talk won't cause depression. But just like a little bit of junk food oftentimes ends up being an entire sleeve of Oreos, a little bit of negative self-talk can become very, very dangerous. So as we program our reticular activating system, our RAS, because you're doing it no matter what, we get to choose what we're programming it with. So let me remind you, what you focus on, what you tell yourself, what you tell others, and what you write down. That is how we program our reticular activating system. So let's just say you're in a moment of stress and anxiety. Now, this is going to be, you know, there's a million examples, and I'm not even going to choose an example. So I'm just going to say in a moment where you're feeling stressed or anxious, let's walk through the steps that you could potentially do that could completely change the game right now. The first thing is ask yourself whose business you're in. Are you in God's business? Are you in someone else's business? Or are you actually in your business? If you're not in your business, if you're in one of those others, shift your focus to what you can do. Because the only thing you can do is what you can do. You can't do things that you can't force other people to do what you would like them to do, right? So shift your focus. How do we shift our focus and how do we stay, get out of the anxiety, get out of the feelings of depression? That's actually pretty easy. Try the physiological sigh. I suggest doing it three, four, five, six times, whatever you need to do. If you start to feel lightheaded, if that's something new to you, and uh, maybe you've got, you know, asthma or something like that, then be cautious with it. But you can do it, and you can do it slowly, and you can work your way up to where you can do more. There are tons of other breathing exercises that are fantastic, and YouTube is full of them. But for now, this is the emergency breath. I love that name for it. It's great. Or find something beautiful. Or do the emergency breath, and then find something beautiful, and describe it to yourself. I recommend describing it out loud the same way as I did to you, because then you're not only thinking it, but you're also saying it, and you're not only saying it, but you're also hearing it. 
And that helps to shift your focus completely to that thing, which is beautiful and not stressful. Once you feel calm and you're feeling more balanced, then you have the opportunity to respond. And what I would suggest doing with your reticular activating system at that moment is start telling yourself how you would like it to go. How maybe if you're having a hard time figuring out how you're going to pay rent, for instance, or your car payment, or whatever it is, start telling yourself that you are going to be able to pay that payment. I will be able to make that payment. Now, is that magically going to have you win the lottery? No. In fact, a lot of this gets kind of foo-foo-y with, uh, you know, the movie, uh, the, oh, now I can't, <laughs> I can't think of the name of it. Oh, my heavens. You'll, you probably have heard of it, and I can't even think of the name of it. But regardless, it doesn't matter. It's not woo-woo stuff. It's actually neuroscience. If you believe it, they say you can achieve it, right? Well, I believe that that is absolutely the case. And the thing is, what happens is we get to that moment of presence and clarity where we can see the whole picture. And in most cases, we can just simply find the solution there. Because it is there. There's almost always a solution. And if there's not a solution, you know, someone's dying in the hospital, your brother got in a car accident and he's in a coma and you can't do anything about it, again, back to God's business, this happened to me when I was 22 years old. Then how do you get to center there? How do you get to presence when the stuff really hits the fan? Well, I didn't know this stuff back then, but I know it now and I know what I would do now these same steps. Because you can still find answers. You can still find beauty in the most difficult times in life. But let's face it, 95% of the stressors that we have aren't those kind of stressors. The ones where somebody's in a coma, dying in a hospital, somebody that we love. Most of them are much, much smaller. The mess that our child made, the spouse being home an hour later than he said he would be, the not having all the money in the bank that you're going to need to pay your rent. Not that those aren't serious things. They certainly can be. But they're not things that are going to put you in the grave. And there are answers available. But we're never going to find them in a state of panic, fear, and anxiety. The answers simply don't present themselves there more often than not. Sometimes we find them there. They present themselves when we can see the big picture and we get to the big picture through the autonomic nervous system on the parasympathetic side. Okay, so those are the steps. I hope that this was helpful to you. I have found it to be incredibly helpful to me. And the funny thing is, in 35 minutes, I just shared some incredibly powerful nuggets that have truly changed my life. In fact, it was learning about these things that made it so I have a podcast today. Because I was in freeze mode for five years before I converted my radio show to a podcast until I learned these things and got myself out of freeze or procrastination and into doing what I had wanted to do five years before that.
Because I love this so much, I teach it. I teach it here on Vitality Radio, and we also teach it in workshops at Vitality Nutrition. If you're local to the store, we would love to have you in person at Vitality Nutrition. We teach what we call the Emotional Vitality Workshops. There are five of them. I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail right now on exactly how we do it, but we do them currently on Wednesday nights. The next one will be Wednesday the 17th, as we're not doing one next week. And there's still time and space to sign up for it if you'd like to be there in person. Or if you'd like to do it on Zoom, we are more than happy to have you on Zoom. And we've figured out a couple of, we've worked out some kinks to where the Zoom actually works much, much better than it did the last time we tried it, because we're still making attempts and they aren't all as good as the attempt that we'd like to make. And we just keep getting better as we go, right? That's all we can do. But now our Zoom meetings are working much, much better. And we're very excited to have anybody listening do these workshops. We charge a very small amount of money to do it just so that I can pay the two coaches that we have. I have made the decision that I don't, I, I'm doing fine at Vitality Nutrition thanks to people like you, Vitality Radio, and I donate my time for free to these workshops because I want to teach it. It gives me so much joy to teach it. So we're only charging $39 for a two and a half hour workshop. And we wanted to make it as inexpensive as possible to allow as many people to do this as we possibly can get. I have two amazing coaches that do this with me. My sweet Jen that I talk about often on the show and Michelle, who is just such an amazing person and my personal breath coach. Uh, The three of us teach these workshops together. Like I say, they're $39 and they are on Wednesday nights. We do them via Zoom or you can do it in person. If you have questions, you can call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at Jared Saint or on Facebook just under my name, Jared St. Clair. Or you can even email me, info at vitalitynutrition.net. That's info at vitalitynutrition.net. And uh, those uh, links will be in the description of the show, um, along with phone number and all that kind of stuff. We would love to have you if you can make it. But here's the thing. You've got about two weeks from the day this episode uh, appears on your podcast feed until the 17th of August, when we will be teaching our next workshop. These workshops can be done in any order. We've tried to make it as simple as we possibly can. And the people who attend them really, really love them. And I'd love to have you on board. Uh, So like I said, Wednesday the 17th is the next one. I would encourage you, the next stressor that pops up, the next thing that feels like it's going to drive you crazy, remember to do the steps that I mentioned. Ask yourself whose business you're in. Do the emergency breath, focus on something beautiful and describe it to yourself, and then start programming your reticular activating system. All right, that is all I have for you today. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk specifically about supplements that are needed and can also not, well, some that are needed and some that can be very helpful when it comes to anxiety and depression, because I know that the the workshop stuff, the things that we just talked about, it takes time to implement those things. Um, All of us, to some degree, are old dogs trying to learn new tricks, regardless of our age, because this stuff's been programmed into us since we were in the womb 
believe it or not. And so, yes, those things take time. And yes, if we have a healthier gut and a healthier neurological system through supplementation and through diet, then we can get there a lot faster. So tomorrow's episode, I'm doing two right back to back. I'm going to be talking uh, with an expert, a good friend of mine, uh, Stuart Tomp. We're going to talk about how we can supplementally uh, and dietarily improve our mental, emotional wellness. So stay tuned for that one too. This is episode 249. That will be episode 250. And they really are a kind of a part one and a part two. You've been listening to emotional vitality today on the Vitality Radio podcast. I hope it's been helpful for you. I'd love to hear back from you. And remember, I do have this Facebook group of listeners that is seriously such an amazing group of people. I am loving every minute I spend in that group, which I haven't been able to say about Facebook for a long, long time. So please check it out. Uh, There is a link to it in the description of this podcast, the Facebook listener group. It's free to join. Lots of great information. I give away at least three or four free products every single week. There's some really fun stuff happening in there. We do games and prizes and all kinds of things. You'll love it if you join it. And if you don't, you can back right back out, right? All right. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your ears today. I hope this has been helpful. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.